Yeah, it was a little bit of a gamble that Mike Sullivan took last night in Nashville. And that's okay. Let's see more risk. Let's see more learning about this roster and, you know, the one in Wilkes-Barre as well. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Predators 4, Penguins 1 at Bridgestone Arena. His score wasn't really all that reflective of the way the game was played. There were a couple of breakdowns. There was a last-second lapse at the end of one of the periods. We've seen that. We've seen that. It's a recurring thing. I'm not dismissing it, but I I feel comfortable downplaying it uh, in the most general sense, and, and so did, for that matter, Sullivan after the game. It's a little bit of both. You know, it's a little bit of both. I, I just thought we, we chased it a little bit, but um, we got to make sure we defend the inside there. And that's fine. Context is everything because this is a guy who he'll criticize the Penguins after a win if he doesn't like what he's seeing. And this is what you get for building up that kind of credibility. When you say something like this after a 4-1 loss, it gets taken seriously. And, and I'll do that. I'll respect that. Here's my, I was about to say my one and only worry that resulted from last night, but I've actually got two. I'm going to throw the two at you first. I'm getting a little queasy about Casey DeSmith. And no, I know he didn't lose the game. Not every stance that's ever taken has to be an absolute. But he didn't win the game either, and he didn't give you the sense in particular, in that quick uh, two-goal rush that Nashville had, that he was about to hold it together. And that's an unsettling feeling that, to me, seems like it'll only go away once somebody else is in the role of backup goaltender. So I'm just throwing that one in there parenthetically. It's not blaming the goalie. It's not blaming DeSmith or anything like that. It's more than anything, just um, it's a general sense that when he starts, you're not going to get a W unless something really strange happens. And to put him out there for this game on this trip, eh, you know, I mean, it's all West Conference teams. So that doesn't matter, but you do have the Coyotes at the very end in Glendale. And even though they've played a lot better lately, they've actually been one of the NHL's stronger teams in March. That's where you play your backup. So I I just feel like I needed to throw that in parenthetically. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how one dollar can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. The bigger worry is that Sullivan finally made 
some kind of line changes, some kind of personnel movement. And we've seen that in different forms over the past week and change. But nothing quite like taking Brian Rust off the Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel line. That was the one thing that seemed like it might stay untouchable. And this is to his credit that he did this after a couple of decent wins in Pittsburgh over the Golden Knights and the Hurricanes. This is the time you do it. You don't want it to appear as if it's punitive in any capacity. Rather, you want it to appear as if it's something that just might genuinely make the team better. More of the team better. And if you're looking for a winger for Evgeny Malkin, as I know pretty much everybody in the fan base is at the moment, and you have rust on your roster, and you might have someone else who can play with Sid and Jake, you really owe it to the process, meaning everything that you're doing heading into the NHL trade deadline, to make sure you don't already have a solution in-house. I really like the thinking here. I might not like the results, but I'm not going to quit on them after one game. And to send this right back to Sullivan, it sure doesn't sound like he is either. I thought they were good. You know, I thought Erod did a good job with Sid and Jake. Um, I thought Rusty really helped Gino. Um, you know, we had the we had the balance that we were looking for and hoping for. Um, you know, I thought those those lines played hard. Um, like I said, we didn't we didn't get the results on the on the scoreboard, but um, I th- I thought I thought they played well. Well, good, good. Send those same lines back out there tomorrow night in St. Louis, and then send them out there again this weekend in Glendale. You've got a road trip here. You've got games that don't mean as much. They're not three-point games. Realistically, don't say this too loudly, but none of these games mean all that much. They're going to make the playoffs, and seeding doesn't matter in the National Hockey League. It just doesn't. Find out who you've got. Find out who clicks. Do that now. I applaud this set of moves, and I sure hope it continues. When do we come back? Just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Matt Polka, who asks, DK, I really appreciated the deep dive on the penalty kill in yesterday's Daily Shot. Here's my question to build off of that. Why does Todd Reardon coach the defense and the power play, and why does Mike Vellucci coach the forwards and the penalty kill? Wouldn't it seem to make more sense to pair the defensemen with the PK and the forwards with the power play? Yeah, it's... It's maybe a little bit unusual looking in from the outside, but understand that when it comes to assistant coach delegation, 
you are looking at first and foremost, what is that individual's area of specialization? What is their area of excellence in the past? And with Reardon, sticking with Reardon here, he's been a guy who's had a lot of success designing and working with and communicating with power plays. He did it in Pittsburgh. He did it in Washington. He did it before that. And he's obviously had experience working with great players in both of those NHL markets. So he's not going to be, you know, overwhelmed in a meeting by sitting there with, you know, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin or Alexander Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom or so forth. He's just going to coach him up. That's his value there. Now, now you brought up Reardon coaching the defense, which he does on an individual basis. He works with the defenseman. That's yet another area of specialization. But when it comes to out there on the ice, the divide when it comes to managing the forwards and defensemen is between Sullivan and Reardon, not Vellucci. Sullivan rolls the lines. Sullivan gets the feel of the game uh, by moving all four lines, or actually however many or few lines he happens to choose in a given setting. That gives Sullivan something in common with every NHL head coach and really most head coaches at all levels of hockey. Reardon, in turn, because he's had experience rolling both defensemen and forwards, first in Pittsburgh, then in Washington, is a natural choice to be managing your defenseman on the bench. Vellucci coaches up the penalty killers. Vellucci handles all kinds of other tasks as well, but he doesn't run the forwards or anything like that. I'm glad you asked this because there's a lot of people that don't understand uh, or never heard how hockey coaching staffs break things down. It's not as clear cut as it is, um, let's say, in football where there's a positional coach for everything. There's one for inside linebackers and another one for outside linebackers. In baseball, you have pitching coaches, assistant pitching coaches, bullpen coaches, and I'm probably missing a few coaches just for the pitchers. Uh, Hockey still does things kind of in an old school way. They limit the number of Uh, bodies that are on the bench. And this year, the Penguins even went off the rails and put their skills coach, Ty Hennis, out there uh, in games so the players would be able to talk to him about certain things that they tried to do physically, skills-wise, and get feedback right on the spot. So it's, it's different. I can say this with confidence, Matt. There are not two... NHL coaching staffs anywhere that are aligned exactly the same way. Really, really good question. I appreciate that. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.